Hey everyone, it's it's David. I'm back with another one of our holiday uh, chat guests. This is Chris, who helped me learn how to get a blurry background for the first time ever on Zoom. And so, uh, so we're both going to sit here with blurry backgrounds today. Um, Chris, you've just done a deal to buy a business. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the deal and about the business, and then we can get into the meat of, of what you wanted to talk about today. Yep. Um, so, uh, started in July, identified this commercial landscaping company. Um, they do about 2.6 million revenue, uh, um, do both you know commercial landscaping and commercial civil uh and about five hundred thousand in um in EBITDA um and that's just through into November you're, so, you're you're starting yeah, to you're, slight, though, Chris you're starting to too much Chris, higher than that but, Chris Chris your audio is um, all breaking Chris that's Chris your audio is all breaking up I'm going to turn your video off okay to save bandwidth because I yep. think you're you're on a cell connection okay so okay. what I heard is that the business it's commercial landscaping it does it about 2.6 million in revenue about 500,000 of EBITDA and then and that's as much as I heard yeah, that's essentially all the all the important points. Um, so, uh, are you able to hear me now a little bit better? Oh yes, much better. Yep. Okay. Uh, perfect. Um, so we just closed November twenty first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know, we originally scheduled to close October thirty first, which. One of the, the unique things that, uh, you know, this is done through the SBA, um, through, uh, you know, a commercial lender and um, secured 100000 of, um, you know, express small business line of credit. Um, and, you know, the way the deal was structured was net of cash and AR. Um, so that was kind of, I guess it was, was kind of tight from a timing perspective in terms of the cash flow. So um, if we had scheduled, if we had hit our October 31st settlement timeline, then, you know, the weather that we had here in November was actually kind of warm. So the fact that my closing was delayed um, until November, November 21st, I missed out on 220,000 in, in billables. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, and, and because we are a commercial landscaping company, most of our customers are net 30 to, to 45 days. And yeah. some of our like state contracts are, are you know, by the, they're, they're net 30, right? They're net 45, but by the time they get around to, to actually paying out, they're, you know, probably out at 60 days. So, you know, it creates a, a unique uh, cash flow issue uh, from a timing perspective. Um you know, coming in November 21st, we've had a, a couple of weeks here where we've had some on their own profitable um, profitable work to bill out. But from a volume perspective, it isn't enough to like get you through. Mm -hmm. um, and because I didn't acquire the AR, existing AR, probably like I should have, you know, that's going to create at least a month of all expenses, right? Just having to carry the expenses. Yep. 
uh, before that anything comes in. And what does come in will be light. I think in the first three weeks of the business, about 40,000 in billables. Um, the monthly uh, overhead, uh, including the loan cost, which is um, it's the SBA uh, loan amount is six months interest only mm-hmm. um, or interest only for the first six months. So that's about 45,000 in, in fixed expenses per month. Um, and the, the challenge that we find in the, the snow business is that, mm, you know, your, your margins are probably 60%. However, you know, for our size of business, if one, one significant snow event can really put you in a bind because you got to pay the guys out, uh, you know, within, within a week after the event, but then you're, you're, you're not going to get the, the AR, uh, not be able to collect, uh, for 30, 60 days. So I'm in a unique position where I don't think a hundred thousand, um, line of credit is enough for yeah. a significant event. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where I need light or I need light snowfall, light salting events. Um, but I, I do need some of those events because I certainly wouldn't be able to carry all the way to next April when the, the landscaping season kicks back up. So curious to see like what your perspective is on, on, um, additional working capital, uh, or ways to, to get additional working capital. I've reached out to like a Wells Fargo small business line, which is unsecured, um, like a blue vine or a cabbage and some of the other options mm-hmm. available. Um, I certainly have family and friends in my own uh, 401k that I could borrow uh, loans for to, to support, but just, just curious on what your perspective is. Sure. Um, so let me ask you a few questions though, about how the business is organized. Um, you have summertime lawn maintenance contracts, customers, and then you also have wintertime salting, sanding, snow removal. Yes. Uh, do you do seasonal fixed price contracts or are you billing, you know, sounds like you're billing by the hour or per the event for some of this stuff? Yeah, the the snow is billable by the hour um, or by the, the snowfall amounts with some of them. Um, but I think we've been able to co- uh, move over all of like the landscaping contracts. Um, you know, I, there, there's some that are like fixed price, right? They, they pay out um, monthly over 12 months and, you know, that can create its own issues. Uh, we've kind of moved away to, uh, from that into, um, you know, 26 mowings a year. Um, and they're, you know, paid out between April and November, you know, the, the mowing season. Okay. And so when people have these, the mowing season contracts, are they, are they paying at certain intervals through the season or, or you're, you're billing them all, you know, over eight months or 12? Um, I'm billing them after like, you know, a week after two weeks after the, the, uh, you know, we've completed uh, the mowing cycle. Okay. And, and so I'm, I'm just asking these questions just to figure out at what point in the spring you should have an influx of money, but it, it sounds like you need to even do work before the first checks will arrive in the spring. You're not, you don't have people that have to make like a beginning of season deposit towards their contract or anything like that. Exactly. So I don't have any upfront uh, deposits uh, on any of the contracts. Um, so typically what would happen is February and March, we're getting out to the athletic fields, um, and, you know, we're starting to, to prep the athletic fields, April, you know, the weather change here on these coasts starts to really kick in. And then, 
Um, April's probably a heavy payroll month as you get going. And then you're you got to make it to May um, on your net 30 days for these contracts, from, you know, different school districts and uh, department of transportation and stuff like that. So okay. um, you and really how, have to get to May. And you, so everyone's on 30 or 45 day terms. And what is the typical mode of payment? Uh, they're usually sending checks or, mm-hmm. or you know, sometimes ACH. Okay. And so have you created a cash flow forecast from now until sometime middle of next year showing what you expect might happen, what the costs will be going out when the money is expected to arrive? Do you know just exactly how big the deficit is that you need to cover? Um, I've only looked at it from uh, an expense standpoint. So uh, from a variable cost and fixed cost buildup, including my debt service, um, so from that perspective through, you know, if, if we didn't have any income coming in, um, I would get through the end of April with a cumulative total of 473,000. Um, I could probably, that would probably be lower in, you know, if I cut back on some labor in January and February, it was kind of be like, Hey, if we have no snow and it's just like, <laughs> It's Miami weather, you know, through uh, January and February. I would cut back on labor, but I think that four hundred seventy-three thousand is a, is a normal, normal level. So that includes your your labor costs too. Yeah. And so, what is normal with this business? Do they just keep everyone on all through the season, or do they lay people off and just call them in when there's work? Um, through the off season, which is the snow season, um, we lay them off and call them in for for specific storms. Okay. But that's a cumulative, like from today, the 473 is a cumulative total um, through the end of April. So if I'm looking at now through the end of April, I'm looking at total cost of or total expenses of 473,000. Okay. So you need to do some sort of estimate of the sales and the money coming in <clears throat> because, because you know that you're not going to end up just shelling out 400,000 with no money coming in between now and the end of April. There's going yeah. to be some money flowing in yep. and you have the past records of this business, correct? Correct. Right. So you, you can look through and, and find out what their sales were in, in the month of January over the last few years. And you can even be like, be conservative, like use the lowest one, you know, just, guess that things are going to be slow, for example. But yeah. then you you have to make another one where you guess that things are going to be are going to be busy because if you're busy and have more sales, I mean it sounds good, but that means you have to pay more payroll yeah. Yeah. before you get the money coming in. Right? Yeah. So so this is a this is a situation where um getting busier and making more sales can actually sink you faster. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you need to make the forecast because you need to find out what you think the ultimate hole might be. Because without a plan that shows you what the ultimate hole might be, you don't know what your fundraising target is as far as finding these different lines of credit. Right. Like you, you, yeah. you said that you applied for Wells Fargo and it, was that like an automated application? Did you put down a number of what you were looking for or how, in that yes. application? How did you ask for what you wanted? Yeah. So I've got a hundred thousand through, um, 
yeah, that came with SBA that came part of the package of uh, the closing package. Mm-hmm. Um, and went to Wells Fargo for another hundred K um, at the same, same day applied through like blue vine. Um, and uh, they approved me for 170 K. Okay. Um, so that's kind of where I was just trying to get to that total and, and talking with the, the seller during our transition. He's like, he's like, I like, I would have liked you to have been in a position to have maybe like 250,000 that would easily get you to next spring. So that's the, the numbers I was working off of. Um, and I was just trying to, like I said, get access to those lines, right? Because if, we, if you're what, able to get, what's the cost of the blue vine money? Um, a, like on a, like an APY of like 18%, um, it's 12, pricey. 12 yeah, it's pricey. And then, you know, it's a 3% origination fee on each draw. Uh, which is, you know, that's, <laughs> I don't no, think that's, that's not factored into the 18%. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, if you only use the money for a couple of months, that's another 18 to 36% of cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's quite, quite painful. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's why I was trying to go Wells Fargo first because it's prime plus uh, 4.9. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, five years, just like more traditional bank, line of credit. Um, whereas like blue vines got the origination fee and, you know, it's just much more costly. Um, have, have you gone through your, have you gone through your costs and looked at what can be paid with a credit card and what can't? Yes. Yeah, so I have a lot of vendors that are on net 30 and honestly, it's, it's a little bit further actually, because they send you the bill at the end of the month and then you have net 30 from it. Um, I've looked at, you know, uh, all of our, our gas cards, right. And, uh, hold off on, um, filling up the, the trucks for the snowstorm until like, you know, a day or two before the snowstorm. So we've got a runway there. Um, uh, I've got a couple like home Depot, you know, a 20,000 line of credit there, uh, Amex, a 20,000 line on the Amex business card. Mm-hmm. So I, I quickly applied to several of the cards to, to get as much, like much runway, uh, as possible from them. Okay. Uh, and, and so when, when you create this cash flow forecast, mm-hmm. um, you, you might want to go and look for some kind of Excel spreadsheet or calendar where you can do this by the day okay. as the calendar dates, because one of the, one of the things you're going to want to do is you're going to want to put the cycle cutoff for the different credit cards and, and then when the card would be due. Okay. Okay. Because, because here's the kind of thing that you may end up doing it, because the Amex and the, and, and maybe a visa card that you have may have cutoff dates that are on opposite sides of the month. So one mm. might be on the first one might be on the 15th. So you might decide on the, on the 16th to start using the credit card that cuts off on the 15th. Yes. So you can use that for two weeks and then get another 14 days before they issue the statement and then get mm-hmm. another 21 days before you have to pay it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you, you kind of bounce back and forth between those two cards, trying to maximize the number of days that you can possibly stretch them out. The, the other thing is that there are expenses that you cannot pay with a credit card. Yeah. Things like your SBA interest payment, your loan payment. Right. Yep. Yep. But but there is a service online called Plastique. Okay. 
P L P L A S T I Q. Yeah, plastic with a Q. Okay. And so what they do is they turn credit cards into cash. So they charge you the merchant discount fee approximately mm-hmm. in order to to have a wire sent somewhere. Okay. So if you if you need to wire 10 grand to someone, you know, they'll charge you 10 grand plus 2.9%. Okay. Right? They'll charge you $10,290 and and but the end recipient will receive a wire transfer for 10,000. So um one of uh, my other clients who had an operating capital crisis, he was able, he was telling me that because he got himself like a, one of these 2% cashback cards, mm. he would use that with plastique. So his net cost was mm. a fraction of 1%. That's interesting. <laughs> okay. Because he, yeah. he, he would use a 2% <laughs> cashback card for plastique and end up with his reward being approximate, you know, just a little bit shy of what they were charging him. Interesting. Yeah. Financial engineering. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's called juggling. Really, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, so you, these are your tools. You're, you're going to array your tools mm-hmm. to see what you have to play with. And another thing that you need to take a look at is on your receivable side. So I had a client who was in the similar boat where they had an operating capital shortfall and they didn't realize they were going to have a shortfall. They actually borrowed money and bought a business without sufficient operating capital, which describes your situation, right? Yep. Yep. And and so what we did is we looked at their different customers and everyone was paying them in 30 or 45 days. Um, When you issue an invoice, are you issuing your invoices immediately? It's usually as soon after the work is completed as possible. Okay. Um, But you're not waiting to the end of the week or any kind of silly cycle like that. No. Uh, It's, um, you know, for example, we just had uh, work that we completed Monday. I built it out yesterday. Um, So I just try to be be pretty quick. Yeah. Um, And so... what kind of customer was that? Was it a big company or a, like a mom and pop business? Like, can you describe the customer generally to me? That was um, a property management company and they were just going to bill it back to the uh, HOA. Okay. So on your invoice to them, do you put a due date? So do you say this bill is due on this day, like the phone company does? Actually, no. Yeah. So this is one of the first things you want to address is you want to actually have a written policy on your invoices that that say when it's due. Okay. So if, if someone is a 30-day account and you issue it on the fifth of the month, then you want to put on there that it's due on the fourth of the following month. You want to put a due date like the phone company does, right? Okay. Um, and then do you accept credit cards? Um. I don't think I've ever taken a credit card payment now. Okay. Do you have the ability to? We could. Yeah. We, I don't see why we couldn't. Oh, but I mean, do you have like a Square account or Stripe or something set up that you that someone could call you and say, here's my card number? Not currently, no. Okay. So you'll want to do that today after this call. Okay. Because on your invoice, here's what you want to do. You want to say this 
this invoice due in full by check or ACH on, for example, January 4th. Okay. And then you want to have Visa, MasterCard, American Express accepted within five days of invoice for payment and for payment. Okay. So you do not want to wait 30 days and then have someone call you with a credit card. Okay. Because then you had to wait 30 days and then it's going to cost you a credit card discount fee. You yeah. want to you want to make the credit card companies earn their fee by shortening your days payable outstanding. It's called DPO is the is the vernacular in this in this game. Yep. So okay. so what you will find is that there are probably some businesses that you're working for that have some individual owners who are, you know, airline points junkies. Yep. Who have probably told their payable staff to put everything they can onto credit cards because they want to collect their air miles. Gotcha. And so you want to you want to entice those companies to pay you right away because this is going to this is going to be a big part of the solution to your cash flow issue. Okay. It's going to cost you that credit card discount fee, but it's going to accelerate the receipt of the money by four to six weeks. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, so your, your, your goal is twofold, push payments out as far as possible into the future, accelerate the receipt of money. Gotcha. Right. Um, Because in your situation, you know, going out and getting new customers, for example, that that's going to be tough. Yeah. Right. Um, However, you should have an idea of, of what you would do if somebody called you up and asked you, can you take care of this for us? Mm-hmm. Who knows what happens out in the field? Some, some plow driver somewhere could, could drive a snowplow into, and break something. Yeah. And then they say, well, we don't want these guys anymore. We want to move our service to someone else. So if, if someone were to call you today and say, can we get you to take care of our snow removal for the season? you know, what would you say to them? You don't want to make it up on the fly. You want to be prepared, which is why I'm asking you. So do you have an idea of, you know, if somebody called up and said, I want you to do my snow removal this year, would would you be able to figure out a, a fixed contract price for the season for them? Yes. Yeah. We have uh, all of our, our rates and stuff. Okay. Uh, so it'd be pretty quick and easy to respond um, and give them an estimate. Okay. Because what, what you would want to do is you would, you would not want to be billing them for service performed. You, from the, at this point, we're so far into the season where snow is about to start accumulating here, right? We're, we're at the 11th hour as far as winter mm-hmm. 2023 is going, we're recording this in the first week of December, 2022. Yeah. So if someone called up and said, I want you to do my snow removal, you want to be able to say, okay, let me go drive over, take a look. And then you say to do your snow removal for the year is going to be, you know, $7,500. Yep. Then you can immediately say half due now, half due March 15th or March 1st. Okay. And and you can say, you can just give me the two checks right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because you want to be able to take any opportunity you have to get a new customer to create some more instant cash flow, and if mm-hmm. anyone is calling you midway through December to take care of their snow removal for the year, they're in a jam. Yeah, yeah. Some, something sure. has gone wrong. 
it, it should have been dealt with long ago, right? Yep. Yeah, no, that's a great, great point. Great tip there. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if you have time on your hands, you certainly could go around knocking on doors. It's just going to be tough this time of year. Most people have already committed probably. Yeah, we did have, um, we did have, uh, a commercial client that reached out and, uh, they were like, Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're looking, uh, for our HOA, um, to, to get to snow removal. And I'm like, wow, it's, you know, it's really late in the season for, for that. So we just sent that bit out. So, um, so it does happen. I think there's probably other uh, accounts that I can be proactive and email and reach out and say, Hey, you know, we've been hearing a, a lot of, uh, snow contractors pull out, uh, last minute, you know, if this happens to you, we're certainly mm-hmm. here to step in. Yep. Uh, is uh, here's another question. Is there anyone whose lawn you cut that whose snow you do not remove? Uh, yeah, there's, there's multiple, um, they've, you know, we've kind of used either the la- landscaping as an end to the snow or using the snow contract as an end to the, the landscaping. Uh, what typically happens in the commercial space is that, you know, we're bidding, bidding out the landscaping in January. Uh, they're bidding out the snow in August, September, mm-hmm. August. And then anyone who's later than that bidding out their snow work is like you said, last minute in trouble probably. Yeah. When I, I used to own apartments and um, I hired these guys to do my lawns and they were charging me a fixed amount per year, but they would get me to give them uh, three checks, one for the spring, one for sort of early summer, one for the end of summer. And then they would bid on my snow removal and they would ask me for a check in October and a check in for January or February. And I said to the guy one day, I said, why don't you just give me a price for lawn and snow for the whole year and let me pay you monthly mm-hmm. because, because my revenue on, from the apartments is monthly and it would make a lot more sense from a cash flow point of view. And yeah. he said, well, we, I don't really do that, but uh, okay, I'll, I'll do that for you. And <laughs> then the, the next year when I met him, I said, so how many of your customers do you have on a monthly plan now? And he said, oh, just you. And he he failed to see the value of because from hit from my point of view it was going to smooth out my cash flow. Can you imagine what your business would look like if you had a regular forty or sixty thousand dollars a month of checks being cashed every month? Yeah, and that's that's the thing is like when you look globally, you're like okay, you do two point six million in revenue and five hundred thousand in EBITDA. However the timing of when you took over this business is the worst timing that you probably could have closed on the business. Mm-hmm. And so like, you really just need to survive until May and June. And then, you know, you'll be in a much better position. So like right now you need to make the decisions and the moves that you need to make to get to that point. Um, one, you need to survive, but also not lose sight of the fact that, you know, this time next year, you'll be in a better position, <laughs> Right. It's, well, or you might not, you might not even make it <laughs> take it to that point if you don't execute now. Well, I mean, if we want to take a step back and, and create a lesson for everyone that's going to be listening, I mean, you, you've done your deal, but figuring out the required working capital and what portion, like, uh, the term we use is net normal position in working capital mm-hmm. because the enterprise value of a business is supposed to be inclusive of that. Yeah. And so 
if you start, like you said, you started off in the worst time of year. If you end up accruing, let's say a hundred thousand dollars in debt over the next six months, and then you start running, you you've actually paid a hundred thousand dollars more for the business mm -hmm. because you've had to make this further investment. Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and from the point where you start making money on a cash flow basis where, you know, money's coming in as it's going out, well, then you're going to be off to the races going forward. But that initial hole that you're digging right now, that's with you for the ride. Yeah. And, and as you're profitable over the years, of course, you're going to pay it off. But, but effectively, this means you've paid more for the business than you thought. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and um, I'm just I'm just trying to think of what other sort of ideas that I, I could give to you. So pushing out payables as long as possible, trying to figure out how to bring in payments as quickly as possible. That's inducing people with the credit cards, uh, but only if they pay within a certain, you know, very tight time frame. Mm -hmm. um, People like American Express, I, I keep get. I, I've been an Amex card holder for a really long time and uh, in my business and personally, and I keep getting these invitations for these Amex small business loans mm -hmm. and they're term loans up to 36 months, up to a couple hundred grand. Um, and I'm, I'm in Canada, I, so I don't know if it's available in the States, but I'm, I would probably bet they have some kind of similar program. Yeah, uh, so lending, lending tree... Um, came back, you know, one of the companies like Snapcap or Fundera or, you know, through NerdWallet, one of them came back and said, I, I can get you a, a term loan for 300000 Um And I wasn't sure whether it's because it's tough, right? Oh, okay, the term loan I got to take right now and start paying on. And I have this unknown versus a line of credit. Oh, if I get access to the 100, 170, whatever, you know, then I can deploy it as necessary. Uh, well, here's here's the strategy to look at this is it is if you complete that cash flow forecast that I described, yes. and you you estimate the outflows and the inflows over the course of the next six months, mm -hmm. if you see that the ultimate hole you're going to have to fill is let's going let let's say it's two fifty like the general like the previous owner suggested, okay, mm -hmm. and you secure a hundred and would you say you had hundred and seventy of uh, of line of credit? I have a hundred thousand currently, um, one hundred and seventy thousand, another hundred and seventy thousand line of credit like through Bluevine is what they've offered. But it, it's a very expensive one. It's a, it's an expensive one, yes. Right. So so then, if you were to take the hundred thousand line of credit you already have, and you mm -hmm. know that in the next sixty to ninety days you're going to end up forking out close to a hundred grand in expenses anyway. Yes. Then something like that Amex loan, if you were to take a hundred and fifty thousand over three years, mm -hmm. that that would cover half maybe of what you need. Mm -hmm. Um, but you would own the money would only be sitting in your account for like the next three months before it would be deployed anyway, and you'd be into the line of credit. Yeah. So that that surplus the sur superfluous. Sur superfluous interest that you would end up paying on money that's sitting in a bank account. Mm -hmm. it, it wouldn't be for that long. Yeah. That's, you know, as, especially as we get into the landscaping season, um, you know, I would start to pay that down as quickly as possible. Right. And, and exit that well, term loan. Well, I would, I wouldn't. 
Because if, if, if you're going to cover half of this gap with a three-year term loan, right, mm -hmm. then, then if you pay it off with your excess cash this summer, you could end up having to take another similar loan next fall. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. So, so I would, I would pay it off over the course of the three years and, you know, your monthly financial statements are going to be so important. Your, your monthly P and L and your monthly balance sheet mm -hmm. to, to know how much money you're actually making or not. And to know, uh, do you have a, do you have a, I would hope you have a cruel accounting in place there. Um, they're currently working on like my accounts still working on converting over the QuickBooks from the, the company from, uh, okay. But we're going to do a coral, a coral based. Okay. So, so you want accrual because you want to be able to look at the balance sheet and see what your payables and receivables are. Mm -hmm. um, and, and while things are tight, you're going to want to keep this, you know, Excel cash flow tool in place. Yeah. So, th so that you can look at those receivables and say, okay, we're owed 40 or 50,000 today. And here's what we expect in next week and the week after that and the week after that and the week after that. Mm -hmm. If if you can get a good chunk of your smaller customers converted over to paying you with a credit card, um, it can solve a lot of this problem. It's just going to cost you that discount fee. Yeah. So so you know that which is the same as the Blue Vine origination fee of almost three percent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when if you were looking at uh, like I said, the, the two options that I was presented with, like, um, the blue vine was like the 170,000, like line of credit. Um, and then there's the other one, which is the 300,000 term loan. Um, I don't have all of the details on that, but you know, I had previously thought, oh, the term loan would be a bad option, but now that you've like walked through it and kind of talked through it, I can see like the benefits of that, right. Just spreading that out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I think that a, the term loan coupled with the line of credit and a few extra credit cards to help you push out payables. Yeah. Is probably the solution, but without mapping out a forecast mm -hmm. of the inflows and outflows, you're not you don't know specifically just how big the hole is. Yeah. Be because, like I said, it may not be a three hundred thousand dollar three year term loan that you need. It may just be one hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty. Mm -hmm. you know, together with the line of credit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the two scenarios, like you had mentioned uh, earlier are we don't get any snow events and I just burn, right. Cause I have no billable activity and then we just burn and then I can't survive April when I have huge payroll and I couldn't survive till May to get paid out on landscaping or the other scenario is, I kind of want like the snow to happen faster while I'm a little like much more liquid. And then the snow will allow me to bridge the gap from let's say, you know, March and April, right. And when snow stops, you're transitioning to the spring. So it's really like those two scenarios for, for me. Yeah. So and the worst is like nothing happens and you burn through and then you're out of everything and you're out of options and essentially out of business. Well, you know, I, I mean, I'm very familiar with winter living where I live, but I know that, you know, on down on the Eastern seaboard of the U S there can be a little more, you know, warm weather mixed in with the winter. Um, 
do you, is it is it normal to be regularly salting in you know, walkways and things just because frost can make things slippy? Yeah. So uh, the best is that um, so peak season. I'm at 25 employees um, now down to like my four or five like core people that like just you you need to retain them. They're they're the best. Yeah. Um, the best. Uh, so the ideal is we get rain during the day and it freezes overnight. And mm-hmm. these are like all like commercial 24 hour, 24 seven, like, you know, shopping centers, commercial, di- like um, businesses, HOAs and stuff like that. So the best is like, Hey, a freeze overnight. We got to come out and do a couple saltings, right? Because I already have like those employees are already fixed expenses and we send them out to do all the work first. Um, so that would be ideal is these light events, and that happens, you know, hey, it rains during the day and then it gets cold overnight. <clears throat> you got to get out there and pre-salt. And then, you know, that melts, right? And then it can refreeze in the morning. So you can get like a pre-salt and a post-salt event. And I think that those are um, very profitable on their own. Um, so that, that that's kind of ideal. You really don't out of the gate wouldn't want a, a massive storm. Um, but the salting events are, are likely even with the exposure to like warmer. Cause what, what happens is that if it doesn't push down, like the Arctic front doesn't push down from like up where you are in Canada, you know, it can be warmer, but then it still drops. You yeah. Know, it is a little more mountainous here, so it, it can drop to below freezing. Um, and if it isn't, a bad stormy winter, does that mean things will begin quicker in the spring? Is that good or bad for you? Um, I think the, I think that that is fairly consistent. Like we might be able to get to the ball fields and the athletic field work earlier in February if if nothing happens. Um, but usually like the, you don't see like the grass and like the landscaping mowing that doesn't kick in until April, no matter what. I, uh, the weather patterns here in March and April are, are fairly consistent from year to year. Okay. You know, it could be colder or rainier, but yeah, it's rarely warmer and you start earlier. Okay. And um, as a, as a very last resort, um, what sort of conversations um, have you had during your process of getting your loan with the banker about this business and its seasonal nature? What you know, you mentioned that it's interest only for six months. Is that because it's a seasonal business? Did they offer to do that for you, or was it something you asked for? Um, it's something I, I asked for because it's seasonal, and they uh, agreed. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I think as a, a last resort, I'm sure that they would perhaps like maybe even delay a payment of interest or two um, as a last resort. You know, so I had the hundred thousand line of credit with them, and I, and I called them first and asked about increasing the line. And said, "Look, you know, this is this is not sufficient." So what they said is, "You need to get to two hundred fifty thousand in AR, <laughs> and then we can increase the line to two hundred thousand." I said okay, well, can you fund in a week? Because a snowstorm can put me there, but I'll be out of business in a week. 
if you guys can't fund it within a week um, after I show you, the AR is at 250. <laughs> so, so in my experience, don't uh, don't put big hopes on getting more credit from the same place. Yeah. Um, typically, banks like to once they make a loan decision. Um, you know, they're, they're funding this transaction. Then the next time you want credit from that same lender, they're going to want to see like two years of performance. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And yeah. And the reason is twofold. Um, number one, there's somebody at the bank is going to say, well, why didn't he know he needed this credit before he made his application? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and so that's going to be like the voice of doubt somewhere in that organization. Mm -hmm. And, and they're going to say, you know, like, let's just see how this plays out. Let's see if he can make his payments on time. And if he's a good customer, you know, you make all your payments on time for two years and you go looking for more credit, they're going to want to lend to you because you'll be demonstrated to be like a good customer. Yeah. Right. But, um, I think from these other tools, you're going to be able to band-aid this together to get yourself through to spring. But but the cash flow forecast is going to be a necessary tool because next year you're not going to have that interest-only period with the bank. Exactly. So so you're going to get into the spring of 23 in a hole. Then you have to make enough money to get out of your hole and build up a mountain of money tall enough to last you through next winter. Exactly. Right. So this is going to be a lean, very tough year for you. And so everything that you can find or think of over the course of this next year, you're going to have to do to tighten your belt. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not even going to be able to like dig out. It's also going to be, I still need to prepare to not be in this position next year next winter we'll have to build up the the working capital to be ready for a winter event and then that's why i'm saying you don't want to pay back that term loan early because to pay off the term loan then go back looking for another one next year that that's not good like one of the hallmarks of being a you know a respected business person is just to have a plan and to know what your needs are Yes. And so, you know, once you take that term loan, if it's a three year term loan, you're going to put that into your cash flow forecast as an outlay that you're going to have to make every month. And so, even if in the summer you have the cash to pay it off, that cash is going to be part of the, the money you set aside to get you through the next winter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there, is there any advice around, um, like applying for these things and like how they impact your business and personal credit, like the inquiries. So is it like, Oh, apply for as much, you know, should I apply for like a, a second, like business um, credit card now, since like that just, it, I got the first one like last week is it kind of, Hey, hit, hit them all quickly. Yeah. Um, from, from, from what I understand, uh, if you have multiple hits within a very narrow window, the credit bureau interprets it as you shopping for credit. Okay. And so from what I've read, and I'm not I'm not particularly an expert in this area, from what I've read, I understand that it has a less impact than if you go looking for a new credit card every month. Okay. Yeah. Because that's what I was trying to wonder about this. Uh, my Wells Fargo application for a hundred thousand uh 
it'll be, you know, they'll render the decision in seven to 10 business days. The Blue Vine 170,000 line, you know, I think that they're like ready to go whenever you sign. Um, so I was like wondering like, okay, <laughs> if I accept the, the Blue Vine, you know, does Wells Fargo in the next like week, see that I just got that and now they, you know, decline or, you know, do I say a blue vine, like, oh, I'll, I'll wait 10 days and then I'll sign with you and sign the Wells Fargo and the blue vine on the same day. So that way they don't. Yeah. Are, are So in the, in the, I mean, you're being asked to personally guarantee all these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when, once, even if they don't know about each other right now mm-hmm. and they, they all grant you the credit, um, they are going to do a series of soft hits over the course of time whether it's every three months or six months, I'm sure different organizations have their own timeframes, but okay. they will, they will do a soft pull regularly on you okay. uh, just to see what your situation is. And okay. so if they don't notice it today, when you're applying for these things, they will certainly know when they do their next pull, they'll see all the different credit facilities that you have okay. access to. Um, and, you know, there, there are certain triggers, Right. Like there are certain lenders are going to have policies that if they see you um, exceed, you know, if they see you go over limit with another lender, they might even trigger something in their agreement with you. Mm-hmm. And then they can pull. Yeah. Pull. Like, like people who are in a, a really desperate cash crunch. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they, one of the dangers is that they could have their lines of credit cut. Okay. Right. And so I've, I've actually told people before in the past, hey, max out that line of credit by writing a check to deposit it in another bank. Okay. Because if it's out, then they can't call it. But if it's... Oh, they can still call it. They can still call it. They can give you a 30-day demand letter. Okay. But at least you bought yourself a month. Okay. Versus them simply changing the limit. Yeah. Okay, so they could they could also like oh I have the hundred seventy limit soft pool in a month and realize oh you've got another hundred thousand out there we're reducing your limit to a hundred thousand or less. Okay. Um, for your line of credits, what kind of agreements are they going to make you sign? Are they going to make you sign a general security agreement or just a personal guarantee? Like, um, is, it, is it the company going to guarantee it with the company's assets at all? No, so I think they're both unsecured. Okay. Uh, think the blue vine is a personal guarantee. I'm assuming Wells Fargo is probably going to be the same, same way, a personal guarantee. Okay. Another avenue that you could look at, which, you know, could be another tool in your tool chest mm-hmm. would be to talk to some factors. Yeah. Yeah. Like fa- factors are people who will give you an advance towards the purchase of a receivable. Mm-hmm. And again, if you add up all the fees, it ends up being, you know, quite expensive, but it is, if you get that giant five foot snowstorm yeah, and you end up suddenly with hundreds of thousands of dollars of receivables and all of the labor and expenses to go with it, factoring at least some of your invoices could be a solution. Um, and so, but, but again, it's hard to engage with a factor in an emergency situation. You want to create the relationship in advance. And, and understand exactly what they'll factor 
see the the factors don't necessarily examine you and your creditworthiness. Mm-hmm. They they examine the creditworthiness of your customer. Okay. So you could, for example, present a list of your customers to a factor and they might say, well, we would buy invoices for this, this outfit, this outfit, and this outfit. Okay. But just having that available could be the thing that gets you, allows you to slide through a tight spot. How, how does it look uh, from like the customer perspective? Because um, this is one of the things I was you know, concerned about. Well, one is factoring, being able to accept sliding in behind the SBA. Um, you know, oh. they, tend to have, they tend to have an issue there. But then two would be, how does it look from a customer perspective if someone's switching to factoring? To, uh, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, that well, I had, I had, I had forgotten there for a moment about the SBA. So it may not even be an opportunity for you. Yeah. But it's it's generally not perceived as being that good outside of certain industries. Okay. So, there, I mean, there's certain industries like trucking where there's a lot of factoring going on. <clears throat> and, um, you know, people don't really see it one way or another. They're just okay. like, oh, these guys factor and those guys don't. Okay. Um, but if it's something new to someone, um, then they might, you know, question, you know, why are, why are you doing this? You just... You would have to smooth it over with them, but uh, but yeah, with, with an SBA general security agreement on the business, it may not even be an opportunity for you. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough too, right? I'm like working on the just acquired transition, building trust and relationships, and oh hey, switch over to factoring. <laughs> like why? Oh, are you not? You know, are you in trouble? <laughs> so it, it's. it's it's in a tough position to be in, but I think you're right. Like the SBA, I don't think, I don't think it's really going to be an option because they're not going to willingly slide in behind the SBA and the SBA is not going to move for the factoring company. Well, it's, 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 it depends on what the agreement says, because here, here's the argument that a factor would make to the bank. They would say, Mr. Banker, what would you rather have in this business, the receivable or cash? Because what, what the factor is doing is that they are simply accelerating the receipt of the funds for a fee. Yeah. So while the receivable leaves the table as far as security goes, cash comes onto the table. That's true. Yep. Right. And 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 so this is why it really comes down to what does the agreement say? And then having that conversation with the lender. Just with, with your SBA banker, just to see if it's something that is possible. Um, but I would talk to the factors first okay, to see what they'd be willing to do for you. Cause if they're not willing to do what seems useful for you, then it, that's probably not an opportunity to go down because again, the, the SBA lender you have has given you the hundred thousand dollar line of credit. You, you don't want the answer to be, yeah, we'll let you factor, but we're cutting your credit line. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So so again, this is this is the tricky part. Is we you want to build a tool chest of different tools that you can use. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned friends and family. Um, it, it can be one of the most valuable tools in a scenario like this. But I wouldn't go looking for friends and family money unless I had that cash flow forecast built and I was confident in it. Yeah. So that I would know that whatever I asked them for, I would certainly be able to get back out to them. Yeah. Yep. 
because because those loans are not going to appear in your credit report. Yeah. So it's kind of more of like those would be last kind of like the last option to to reach out to, right? I mean, it, personally, honest, they, honest, the last ones I want to. It, it depends on them and their sophistication and their position. So, so if you have a relative who's a multi multi millionaire and you want to borrow fifty grand from them, it's a different story than if you go asking for your grandmother's last twenty grand. Yeah, exactly. Right, and and before inviting anyone that you're related to into this, I would want to have that forecast mm. so that you're certain about what what this is going to look like as it unfolds. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I hope I was able to give you some, some ideas you can work with, Chris. Yeah, definitely. It's much appreciated. Yeah. I, the, and and to, me, to me, the low-hanging fruit is to change those invoices. Put a due date and, and start accepting credit cards within five days of invoice. Yeah. Because you very well could convert some of your customers to much earlier payers. And you could even be collecting some of this money before you pay your payroll. Like, I mean, you could solve a lot of this problem if you can accelerate the receipt of money. Yeah. I can see that happening too, especially on the snow more so than the, the landscaping. Um, I can see people wanting to, to pay it out quicker, especially, I don't know. I mean, we're at the end of the year, you know, the weather looks like it's going to get cold here in the back half of the month. And like the first salting events, could occur like December 20th. And I mean, you might, if I provide that option on the invoice, they may just want to, Hey, let's pay this out before the end of the fiscal year. And let's just get good point. Get it, get it out the door. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. All right, man. Good luck. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate All it. Right. Have a great day. Uh, let me know how it goes. We'll do. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.